0: Welcome to the Codecast Podcast. Real world insights for your daily medical coding and billing processes. And now, here's your host, Terry Fletcher. Hello everyone, and welcome to the Codecast Podcast today. My name is Terry Fletcher. I hope everyone's doing great. We're in the middle of August right now, and I've noticed that a lot of people are on vacation and may not have had the opportunity to to catch up on all things Medicare and some of the things that they've been posting. I get a CMS email. You probably get it too if you have signed up for those alerts. And I always try to at least you know review it or look at it, especially since I do a quarterly Medicare update webinar. But if you haven't had a chance to look at that, I'm going to give you just some highlights of what's going on. So and again, if you want more of the written information and links to that, then please take a look either at my NSCHBC Medicare quarterly update webinar, which you can find on uh, NSCHBC.org, or you can also look at it at McVeighSeminars.com because I do them for both companies. So let's take a look. First of all, this one caught my eye, and I think it's something many practices maybe we not aware of but your patient's Medicare beneficiary identifier may change. So that's their MBI number. Uh, CMS sent letters to people with Medicare who may have been affected by a recent data breach. And so they mailed approximately 47,000 new Medicare cards with new MBI's, MBI numbers to those who were affected. And we and I don't know who those are. They didn't give a, a list of that. Um, but you could have a patient that comes in giving you an invalid member ID and that would be a problem. So ask your patient for their new Medicare card if you get something that alerts you uh, for invalid member ID when checking their eligibility. And also you can access your Medicare Administrative Contractors secure internet portal to use the MBI lookup tool. So if your patient didn't get their new Medicare card yet, um, and that's password protected, so you'd be able to find it. But just a heads up, because I would hate for you to start scheduling things thinking the patient has a current Medicare number, and in fact, they don't. And a lot of patients aren't aware of, I mean, 47,000, I can guarantee you most of them are not aware that there was even a breach. And they're thinking, why did I get a new card, I already have one. So make sure you also alert patients that that could be coming in. Many of you have already heard about the proposed fee schedule for 2024, which is pretty sad we're looking at about a 3.34 percent reduction. Remember we're not getting any handouts anymore because the the public health emergency has ended. but this brand new conversion factor for the you know Part B is physician fee schedule is 3275 and that is down from what currently is 3389, which really kind of stinks because if you think about it, the last time we were at $32.75 for the conversion factor or the multiplier for the RVUs, um, it was 35 years ago. So when you think about inflation and costs and everything at this point, uh, it, it's doctors are going to have to basically start paying Medicare. So there's comment p- uh, periods and you need to find that to make sure that you're Uh, commenting on the fact that this is terrible make sure you're using your lobbying efforts with your specialty societies and make sure that they're fighting it as well there's also the split shared visits and remember uh, they were talking about when we first had in 2021 the split shared visits where the 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 qualifiers for that were either total time or they were um, for substantive uh, work a substantive portion of uh, one of the elements of the medical decision-making or, you know, what, what's needed for history and exam. Well, and then it was supposed to change the time only in 2022. They pushed it to 2023. Well, now that's been delayed until December 31st, 2024. So now it's still going to be and through the end of 2024, either substantive portion or time only for hospital split of shared visits. Now, a while ago, I think it was actually th- three years ago, maybe four, um, there was an add on separate payment. It was a HixPix code G2211. And this was going to be a complex patient, basically extra reimbursement code for a doctor that's managing, I I would say several chronic conditions. It makes, you know, uh, for a patient, uh, complexity and resources that are used. And the reason the fee schedule is going down, um, it makes it a little bit, I don't want to say easier, but probably a little bit more manageable uh, from a financial standpoint to capture that, you know, um, cost, resource costs associated with E&M visits for this uh, complex patient. But what I'm seeing on this is for primary care and they call it longitudinal care for these complex patients. So we're trying to get clarification. It would be an add on code to your E&M if it is physician's determination of complex, if it's tied to diagnosis, if it's just for primary care. But then I look at cardiology, pulmonology, rheumatology, you know, there's other specialties, you know, oncology that deal with complex, complex patients. And so we're still trying to get a, um, a clarification on that. And is it only added on to level fours or fives? What is it? So anyway, we're just know that that is something that they've reinstated for 2024 and we're just still trying to get some guidance on when we can use it. Uh, We got the we got a new extension again through 2024 for the continuation of uh, the definition of direct supervision uh, through real audio and video interactive. But I wouldn't recommend that you use that for incident two because it has to be explained and I'm already seeing some of the payers saying, why are you doing that? why isn't the, the physician in the office? So even though some things have been extended, remember that on the CMS stakeholders call in March, 2023, Jean Moody Wilkes, which was one of the speakers, she said, even though it's there, discontinue use of waivers when no longer needed. And then increased access to Beaver health services. There's going to be a new HICS-PICS code for mobile unit or home psychotherapy crisis services which is a great thing so stay tuned for those codes right now they're just placeholder codes so if we give them to you can't use them anyway so i want to make sure that you are um, aware that those are coming they're also opening up coverages for marriage and family therapists and mental health counselors they may receive their own benefit category and their own HixPix codes and from what i hear they're going to be temporary codes to see how this works and it's not abused And then there's some changing to the required level of supervision for behavioral health services furnished incident to a physician in rural rural health clinics and FQHCs, so the federally qualified health clinics. And they may be allowing um, general supervision since that's in an area where they don't have readily available physicians, um, but possibly mid level providers. So just know that, that that's coming and. Um, That's going to be helpful when it comes to what we're looking at in 2024. But what's the unfortunate part is the fact that the fee schedule is going down and you really need to be a voice in that, whether it be you, your physician, a mid-level, an administrator. Remember, we're all stakeholders in this and you can always comment. And one of the last things I'm going to mention today is something that uh, Texas started with a pilot program, and it's called the Gold Card Legislation. And a couple of uh, representatives in Congress, they came up with something for Medicare Advantage plans, very similar to that. And what this is, so if this bill is enacted, the legislation would exempt providers from needing prior authorization for certain Medicare Advantage plan um, services in a plan year if the provider had at least 90% of requests approved the preceding year. So that 90% threshold includes approvals granted after the appeal. And so Medicare Advantage organizations would be required to notify each provider who qualifies no later than 30 days um, prior to the plan each year. And they are good for a year, but it would be very helpful so that you're not having that delay in and waiting for prior authorizations. The only caveat is, as I was reading the bill, as it says uh, Medicare Advantage plans would be allowed to revoke provider's gold card during the plan year. Again, if less than 90% of claims submitted would have been approved Um, for prior authorization, or in the case of less than 10 claims being submitted, or if less than 90% of the last 10 claims submitted would have been approved for prior authorization. And you can appeal it if it was wrongly decided, but at least we're moving in a a step in the right direction to try and tackle this cumbersome prior authorization when there's certain things that you just don't need. Now, I saw the list of services and it's, you know, screenings and certain um, surgeries I don't understand why they put genetic testing on there because if you follow the OIG genetic testing is like low-hanging fruit I think it's probably one of the most um, audited things and gets doctors into so much trouble I wouldn't want to be in that specialty and so even though that's on the list of getting out of the prior authorization I would be very careful if you're in that space because I think that's just an invitation for an audit but everything else uh, looks like a lot of things are screenings a lot of diagnosis diagnostics, um, a lot of surgeries for cancer That is, as long as you've got a you know, cancer confirmation from a diagnostic test or a lab or whatever, then you wouldn't have to, to get that prior authorization. So a lot of things there, but make sure you keep an eye out on that and just Google it. You can just say Google prior authorization plan and you can see where that's coming. So um, they're trying to get that hopefully passed and through the House and Senate so then it can be Um, put through the Medicare Advantage uh, legislation, hopefully by late fall. So just keep an eye on that. And hopefully you found some of that information helpful. So this was, I know, a short podcast today, but hopefully give you some kind of just some quick tips on what you're looking at from some of the, the Medicare updates. Also, I want to remind everybody, if you have a coding question, billing question, compliance question, need help with anything, I have a membership service of two tiers. One's executive membership, $1,800 a year. Um, and you get free some free webinars with that. You get a Ask Me Anything quarterly Zoom call. And then there's a $1,200 year plan. You can see it on my website under services at terryfletcher.net. And that's for uh, just email questions through, e- you know, just strict email questions through email. So both have the, the emailed questions. But I'm getting a lot of questions where a lot of people are assuming that we give a lot of this information away for free. And remember, this is my business of information and compliance and making sure that I research correctly for you and get all this. So, you know, that is my time. So free is the podcast, but services we do charge for. So just keep that in mind. Um, And then also check out a lot of my webinars that we have lately. I know I just did one for NAMIS uh, this last week. And if you're a member of NAMIS, you would have heard it. It was the audit risk for telehealth that's out. Um, This coming week, I've got some gastroenterology, non-invasive cardiology. I've got the No Surprises Act on August 17th. So take a look at that. And you can find a lot of these things on my website as well. So I also have with McVeigh seminars on the 22nd, a uh, ENM mid-year for 2023 rules. It couldn't hurt to check it in just to make sure that you're still doing what needs to be done. All right, everyone, make it a great day and a great rest of your week. And thank you for listening to the CodeCast podcast. For more information on medical coding, billing, auditing, and compliance, including how to hire Terry, follow Terry on Twitter at TerryCoder1, or visit her website at www.terryfletcher.net. Podcast producer Joe Kuzma music producer Assassin Music